Thank you, Jessica. Friends, will you please pray with me and for me? Holy Spirit, you are here. Holy Spirit, speak to us collectively and also speak to us individually. Let us trust in your abiding presence as we begin this wilderness journey of Lent. Holy Spirit, take my words and use them to faithfully, fruitfully show who you are and who you call us to be. Amen. About 18-ish months ago, Simone Biles entered the Olympics Games with perfection expected from her. She wasn't just expected to win multiple gold medals. She was expected to do it convincingly. But as she was in Tokyo training, she started to experience what gymnastics insiders called the twisties. Basically, whenever she would fling herself in the air, she didn't feel in control of her body. She wasn't aware of what her body was doing. The athletic skills and prowess that she was normally second nature to her, even though it looks miraculous to all of us, but what was second nature to her just wasn't working. And she became concerned that if she still competed, she would not only hurt herself, but in that process also hurt her team and their chances of winning that medal that they all had trained so hard for. So she stepped away. She withdrew from the all-around competition that where if she were healthy, she probably would have won, been declared again the best gymnast in the world. 
She also withdrew from individual event finals, where she was, again, expected to not just win, but dominate. And a lot of people had opinions about Simone's decision. Some applauded her. Some said she was letting her country down, acting selfishly because she wasn't meeting their expectations that they had of her. But the reality was that Simone had recognized that she had met her psychological and physical limits. Simone realized she knew that she couldn't change this situation no matter how hard she tried, no matter how much training, no matter how much rehab in that moment. It was what it was. This wasn't a matter of toughness. This is a young woman who had put her body through thousands upon thousands upon maybe even hundreds of thousands of hours of training in her short life. Spraining who knows how many toes, probably breaking them too. Falling off bars, beans, vaults, who knows how many times. Toughness wasn't the issue. The best gymnast, perhaps in the history of the sport, or at least one of the best, found out she was human. And she accepted it. And now she was in the wilderness in this time. She was in a place that the thousands of hours of training had not prepared her for. As painful and as difficult as that must have been, she accepted it. And I'm going to guess that in those hours and days, Simone experienced temptation to appease fans like us. But she realized that that was a temptation because she would have been going beyond what God had called her to do. She was tempted to try to be perfect, to pretend that everything was okay even though it was not okay. She listened to her pain And she entered the life she actually had instead of continuing to strive after the life that just was no longer a reality. The life that she still wanted, the life that she even fairly expected, but it was not the life that she actually had. Our Lenten journey begins with Jesus in the wilderness. And he chooses, some might say he decides to limit his own divine power in this instance. He makes that choice to not just fix the situation that he's in. He doesn't wave his magic 
Jesus wand to make the pain go away. He sits with this hunger, with this struggle, and waits for God to move. Friends, when we are in those wilderness seasons of life, when we're in that place of disorientation, wondering, confused about why what is happening is happening, we tend or we are tempted to do everything we can to leave that place. We work harder. We go running the other way. We disconnect from those around us. We say, this isn't the way life is supposed to be. Get me out of here. But what if, and those words, what if are an invitation to consider, to ponder, whether there is another option for us. What if today Jesus isn't, is trying to teach us that the faithful life is not one without pain, not one without uncertainty, not one without struggle? Jesus experiences all those things right here in the story. Jesus in the wilderness, at least from my vantage point and understanding, isn't him sitting poolside. There's no Ikea in the desert. Jesus was not comfortable. Like Simone, Jesus recognized he was in a situation that could not be fixed. At least not if he was going to be faithful because Jesus did have the option of giving in to these temptations. He could have chose to avoid the pain. He could have tempted God by jumping off and assuming that God would save him even though he behaved irrationally. He could have avoided uncertainty, just took the political power that Satan was offering and ruled as a powerful emperor across the world, made people be the way he thought they should be. Instead, Jesus chose to temporarily embrace his human limitations and trust that God was still there in the wilderness. It can be so tempting, so tempting, to walk away from the reality of life. And sometimes there is an aspect of self-care in that, at least temporarily. It is tempting to pretend that the reality isn't the reality. Because we have this society, and it's even seeped into the church over time, that tells us we can have it all if we just keep at it. That having faith means we will avoid all painful realities of this world. Well, there's bad stuff that happens to other people. They'll never show up on our doorstep. Until they do.
saying, Paul, we can't fix our situation right now. Our reality is the situation we actually have. Empty pews, lost friends. It's disappointing. It's sad. It's perhaps a little confusing. And yet all of this is the Lent we actually have this year. And Jesus is showing us that even in these wilderness times, he is still here. God is still here and can be trusted. So maybe what God is trying to teach us is to stop trying harder. Stop trying to make things perfect, whatever that means, and let things be what they are. Maybe we don't have to try to turn these stones into bread. Maybe we can look at the stones and let them be stones. Kate Bowler, um, the author and kind of who's going to guide us through some of this Lent series, says that Lent is her favorite part of the church calendar because it is a time when the whole church is on the losing team. Friends, we know today, we know how the Lenten journey ends. Resurrection is coming. But we can't get there until we brace, embrace that we are limited human beings who are blessedly imperfect. It's really ironic, but the way we heal is by embracing brokenness. We can be restored to God and each other by telling hard and painful truths about our lives. Our broken selves, they can actually be more valuable to the world than our idealized selves. Look at Jesus himself post-resurrection. He greets Thomas with scars still on his hands. Jesus is full resurrected and his body is still broken. We can experience both of those things. Because Jesus never asked God to place him in bubble wrap in this wilderness. Don't put, you know, don't just place me in a big bubble that'll keep anything from getting to me. He accepts this situation, this task for what it is. And that it's a painful task. And Lent just allows us to be honest. Because we state that even amidst our imperfections, amidst our struggles, whatever they may be, amidst wishing these situations were different, we are still blessed. 
Blessed doesn't necessarily mean happy. Being happy can be a gift. And we should be grateful for that gift. But being happy is something different than being blessed. Blessing goes beyond this binary thinking of thinking something that's either good or bad. It goes beyond just what we materially think we own or have or that's before our eyes. Scholar Stephen Chapman writes that the act of blessing is the strange and vital work of noticing what is true about God and ourselves. And sometimes those truths are awful. Like blessed are those who mourn. I mean, scripturally, it's true. Jesus said it. But does any of that feel true when our worlds are ripped to pieces? No. And he goes on, or blessed are the poor. Again, it doesn't feel true at all. But in the act of blessing the world as it is and as it should be, we are starting to reassemble what we know. So maybe, God, you are here in the midst of this grief. Maybe, God, you can provide for the specific problem or be discoverable when I'm buttering the toast. When we receive the blessing of our imperfections and our radically imperfect life, we can start to place them in God's larger story. As part of God's larger story of the kingdom coming to earth. We can walk alongside Jesus in the wilderness and we can discover Jesus in the time and seasons when we least expect him to show up. Because what Jesus discovers is that God does show up. Jesus accepted his limitations in these 40 days. And angels came to care for him. When we accept our limits, and therefore that means we're probably going to fail to live up to the expectations of others, which Jesus was kind of an expert at. He was not very good at filling the expectations of others. It is in those times that we might just be allowing angels to care for us too. Lent allows us to be broken together, to accept our limits together, to accept the grief and disappointments of our world, even of our church, and to do that together. We have permission to just be honest about the reality of our collective wilderness that we find ourselves in. And by admitting that, God might just send the angels we actually need. Every week, um, as we go throughout the series for like the next five, six weeks, Kate has written a blessing for each week that I'm going to share. A blessing that comes from the lives we actually have. Not the life we necessarily want, not even the life we may deserve. So I invite you, lay it on, 
Open your hands. Receive this blessing from Kate, a person like us who has found blessing in the life as it she actually has. Blessed are we who see the impossibility of solving today. It can't be done. God, there are lists on lists and errands on errands and a taste like tin in our mouths of the unfinishedness, the imperfectibility of our lives. Are we counting items instead of knowing what counts? God, help us live here, seeing the whole truth of what is. Blessed are we who walk toward the discomfort, bringing what gifts we have in our sufferings too, whether of illness or loss, grief or betrayal, confusion or powerlessness. Blessed are we who scoot up close so we can whisper our loves, our fears, all that feels too heavy to carry alone, and all that we wish we could hold on to for longer. Show us what we love. Show us what we never want to lose. And show us what we no longer need here in this beautiful, limited day, as we place our trust and hope in you. Amen. <laughs>